Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Ken's as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or are Mac and Ken's your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the For the Girl podcast. We are in our Still the Same God series. Today, we're talking about God providing, which I'm so excited for this conversation. I know that so many of you guys are probably on the edge of your seat or just anticipating God providing in some really, really big way, maybe even anxious about it. And so hopefully we'll be able to speak some truth of how you can actively be a part of this and how he's moving, how he's still moving. So we're really excited about it. But before we do, per usual, as of this series, we're going to give you a little high and low of the week. And, you know, we got to step up our game, Max. Some of them, (laughs) we're like, hi, make me (laughs) snack. I think was my last. Oh yeah, mine snack. That's right. Well, we did pre-think about them this time. Normally, we think of them on the spot, and that usually leads to some terrible answers. But we've got some answers ready for you. So, kids, I'll kick it off with my. um, I'll kick it off with my high. So, so this is funny. So, Ken's. Tyler, Josh, and I have a group text, the four of us, and it's called Small Town Kings and Queens because, you know, for (laughs) years, Ken's has been making fun of me and Josh for loving my small town life. But as we shared, Ken's and Josh are moving to Florida. They're moving to a much smaller town. So now we are the small town kings and queens, which is fun and hilarious. They're embracing the lifestyle. But speaking of my small town... This past weekend, we had this amazing like carnival and festival that was in downtown Matthews, which uh, my house is like literally two blocks from downtown Matthews, so we can walk into town. And so Friday night, we went with like our our best friends who live here, who also live within walking distance of Matthews, and we walked to the little carnival and festival and walked around and got like tacos from a taco truck and got deep fried Oreos and like had just so much fun. And I was loving it. But then, like, the best part about it was, I think I've also shared that Tyler and I are young life leaders here in Matthews, our town. And, like, literally every five <laughs> steps, we would ra- we ran into, like, one of our high schoolers. And it was just kind of fun and kind of hilarious. And I was like, wow, I feel like the girl who I just, you know, I know my town. I know my small town people. <laughs> Truly a small town girl. And so girl. it was fun. It was really fun. It felt like. Great. That sounds yeah, like. Yeah, like living the life. So on yeah. brand. Yeah. You are like, if there's like a local carnival, yeah. that is Max's like, like, favorite thing in the world. Highlight was, of the and year. And I didn't ride any rides. I mean, the rides were definitely geared towards kids and things like that. But just being in the atmosphere. We did some axe throwing, actually. That was fun. And uh, just okay. like activity, being like in the small town vibes, you know, to walk from your house to it and then walk home afterwards and it takes all of two minutes was just a treat in life. And I'm not, I don't want to take it for granted this season of, of <laughs> walkable small town life. So that was my highlight of the week for sure. Does Tyler enjoy the small town life as much as you in these situations? I think so. Maybe not quite to my level, but he definitely appreciates <laughs> it. But I, you know me, my level is like a, a little bit obnoxious. 
So yeah, that is like truly your yeah. favorite. Like if there's something that you could choose to do in all of life, it would be to walk to a local park. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> he said to me the other day, I was like, we were like, a, were you driving there? And I was like, oh, I just love small towns. And he's like, Mac, I think everybody loves small towns. And I was like, no, I do more than everybody else. And he was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're hilarious. And I just love it. I think that I could picture every little bit of it. You probably had your outfit. You're ready to go. Actually, it was so funny. I mean, I was wearing like jean shorts and like a black t-shirt. But I look at my high school girls. I was standing in a group of like five or six of them. And they go, oh my gosh, we're matching. And they were all wearing (laughs) the exact same outfit. And I was like dying and was like, is it time for me to grow up? Probably. Yeah. Right. That's funny. I mean, at least it was just a black t-shirt. And yeah. Shorts or but I was like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. So <laughs> either they're wearing, wearing the wrong thing mm-hmm. or you're wearing mm-hmm. the wrong thing. Who knows? It's up in the air. Jerry's out. Okay. My high of the week. My high of the week was, um, I already told mm-hmm. you, Mac, but my next door neighbor, yep. Justin, he's the freaking best. We've been neighbors for like the last six years and just hang out and, you know, see each other, almost, see each other porch hanging almost mm-hmm. every single day. And anyways, Justin came to church with me and Josh this weekend and he doesn't go to church. He used to and kind of fell away from his faith. So, I mean, I've been, like, obsessed with praying about Justin for the last, like, six years. Like, so just obsessed with Justin, honestly, in this ministry opportunity. And so it was the best ever. I was, like, freaking out. Josh knew I I was on top of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So it was really fun. And he, like, really, really enjoyed it. And he wants to go back. And we, like, we went to an Anglican church, which is the church that his parents go to. And it is a bit more like traditional and Justin has just like kind of been burned yeah. by the church. And so it was like a good setting for him to be in something with like no screens and a little bit more methodical yeah. and things like that. And they do communion where you like walk forward and kneel at the altar. And so me and Justin were next to each other at the altar wow, taking communion. Cool. And I was like, this is the best thing that's literally ever so happened. Are you going to, to the Anglican church like, now? Yeah. If Justin's going to the Anglican church, I'm going to the Anglican church. So I've been, Ken's and I have been having these jokes recently. We maybe have talked about this on the podcast where like every two or three months, her and Josh get hype on a church. Like they're like in love, obsessed. They're like dropping everything to go to this church. And then like two to three months later, she'll tell me, we love this new church we've been going to. And I'm like, what church is it now? And I know you guys are getting ready to move, so you're not like deeply investing. But I can't wait to see if this church, um, these church highs (laughs) continue in Florida or if you pick one. Oh, I think we got to. There's no other option. We're going to have to pick one. I think in the back of our heads, we've always known that whatever, things are going to change. But um, the Anglican Church is And Ken's definitely texted me. It's texted me multiple times at the last couple of months. You need to go to an Anglican church. You would love it. And But it's yeah. not like it's a suggestion. It's like a command. Also, Ken, I forgot <laughs> yeah, to tell you this. So true. Ken's is also from our conversation last week about the yogurt. She really wanted me to get local yogurt for my snack. 
Oh, did you get I some? went to the farmer's market on Saturday and I looked everywhere for local yogurt and I couldn't find any. But I tried. I tried. I was prepared to buy it. Oh my gosh. Wait, I'm so sad. Did they have like a dairy, sa- like eggs? Was anybody selling eggs? Somebody was selling eggs for sure. And then there was lots of cheese stands, but I didn't see any yogurt. Oh, cheese. Yeah, cheese. I feel like eggs is probably irrelevant, but milk and cheese, they should have had some yogurt. But you need next time, you need to ask them, hey, I'm really in the market for some local yogurt. Where could I go? Because then they'll have the tips and tricks for you. Yeah, it's healthier for you. Full fat yogurt. But I knew she'd be proud of me because last week I kept texting and was like, okay, okay. And then she was like, can you actually try? Like, don't ignore me. And I was like, okay, I will. (laughs) Fine. That is your worst quality. She doesn't participate in anything that you and I am the least easily swayed person on the planet, which is hilarious because I'm married to the most easily swayed person on the planet. Like he, I'm hoping he and Tyler, but then I guess that's what going against this whole thing is that you like Josh, I feel like loves talking to Tyler because he can convince him to like buy anything. Tyler's like, Oh yeah, yeah. I'm on it. I got it. Like any of the latest things he's like, yes, (laughs) it's true. It's so true. Wow. Okay. We need to get to our, my low is just that I had to drop Tyler off at the airport this morning and he's gone all week long and I'm sad. Wow. Sad. Sad. So sad. That's kind of yep. the worst. Sleeping solo, but you'll I'll survive. My low. I had a low right before this, and then now I'm blanking, and the clock is ticking. I don't know. Ken's never can come up with a low, which is um. <laughs> no, it's just so. Life is it's just great. so. Uh, <laughs> I hate saying this, but it's so Enneagram 7 of you to just be like, um, what? Low? There's no lows, but there are. Oh, my gosh. Wait, I'm totally blanking. I literally had them, and now I cannot think of what I was going to say. I mean, last time it was about sleep. I don't even remember. So I don't know. I mean. That's all you got? Uh, okay. Oh my gosh. I now well now I can only and now I'm just all I want to do is remember the thing that I was going to say and I can't. Well, all right, you better catch me back next week for my low. <laughs> we'll be on the edge of our seats <laughs> waiting to hear yeah. what your low is. Yeah. You better have two for us yeah. next week. Don't forget to listen to next week's episode. <laughs> you will get my low. Wow, leaving us, leaving us expecting and wanting more. I truly have no idea. And now my brain is on a It's okay. All right. Well, I'm pumped for us to get into this conversation all about how God is still providing today. So let's jump into it. Okay, everybody, we are going to jump in today's episode talking about the Lord providing. And I just know that this is such a relevant topic for every season of life. I mean, I look back on my faith journey when I first came to know the Lord in high school and I was like trying to figure out where I was going to go to school and how he was going to show up in the midst of that. And then he provided by getting me into a college, even though I had the worst grades in the world. That is a real story. And um, just being so desperate and dependent for him to show up in the midst of transition. I remember that being so relevant. And then um, 
post-college, looking for a job, figuring out what you're going to do. And you're like, God, would you provide something incredible for me? I remember those moments. Um, Josh and I just walked through a season of having a baby or trying to make a baby. And there are months of like, God, where are you in the midst of this? Are you going to provide this, a family for us? This is so important and and something we really desired, but where are you in the midst of it? And Mm. just seeing him show up in that way, or even before meeting Josh, um, you guys kind of know Mac and I's story, but both of us got married a little bit later in life and went through our twenties, basically just waiting for the Lord to, to provide to provide our husband, to provide that story and that desire that we always wanted. And I know that some of you guys might be in financially tough situations or just trying to navigate some decisions in your life. And so we really want to hopefully just speak into that as God is our provider and the best person to go to with all of our needs and desires. And I'm excited for that conversation. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a really important conversation because gosh, I think we've all if we're not in a season currently where we're desperate for God to provide something, we've we've been in one before and like you said, Ken's like I feel like when I got to college, like I was so desperate for friendships and like it was the thing that consumed my heart and consumed my mind and just so many like prayers. God, would you provide this? Would you show up for this? Would you bring this into my life? And the waiting process can just be so hard and so difficult and can bring along so many lies and a lot of bitterness and impatience. And so I just remember that from that season. I remember it from, you know, waiting on finding out who, like, was I going to share my life with? Who is I going to marry? Like, God, would you provide? God, even in seasons where I was trying to make a decision, I was trying to decide, you know, should I move to Charlotte? Should I stay in Nashville? And just waiting for God to provide clarity and provide peace and provide an answer. And then in this season of life, like just walking alongside friends who are on a journey of waiting for, for God to provide a baby. Like I was talking to a friend the other day who she was like, this is my 20th miss period or 20th period where I was hoping that I wouldn't get my period, wouldn't get my period. And it was my 20th time waking up to my period. And just like her saying, you know, I have prayed every single day. I have asked God to provide and he hasn't yet. And, and how do we live in that tension? Like, how do we wrestle with this God who we see provide for other people And how do we be the person who sits here when we're just like waiting and desperately asking for God to provide the thing that we, our hearts so badly desires and and it's hard and it's tough. And we want to, we want to wrestle with that tension today and we want to sit in it and we want to look to Mm -hmm. scripture and talk about it and not sugarcoat it, not put a bow on it, but just, just seek to Mm -hmm. understand this God who does provide, who provided all throughout scripture and who is still providing for us today. And so I think for me, when we when we did this study, one of the things that I loved and that really spoke to me so much was that kind of this understanding that God in his very nature is provider. Like God is provider. That is a part of his character. And it goes all the back all the way back to the book of Genesis, you know, uh, God providing for Adam and Eve, God providing Eve for Adam, this companion, um, God providing 
animals and fruits and vegetables to like take care of us and to nourish us as humans. And then there's this really interesting story in Genesis 20 where God provides a lamb to enter in and to kind of be this thing that allows for Abraham to not have to sacrifice his son Isaac on the altar. So just a quick recap, uh, Abraham and his wife Sarah had been barren for many years. They weren't able to have a baby. They finally were able to have a baby. They had Isaac very late in life. Isaac was this like beloved son that they had waited for, uh, that God had promised them that they were just like probably so in love with, so thankful for. And then God asked Abraham to go and to put his son on the altar, to offer his son as a sacrifice. And so Abraham goes and he does this and he, and he tries to walk in obedience to this. And then at the very last moment, God provides this lamb in a thicket nearby that acts as the, the sacrifice or the thing that gets to stand in the place. And Abraham, in that moment, uh, this is in Genesis 20, Genesis 20 verses 13 and 14, it said, Abraham looked up and there in a thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. And so this is where we get this name Jehovah Jireh, which Jehovah Jireh means that God is provider or the Lord will provide. And so we see this story where God provides in this beautiful, crazy way. And then this is just foreshadowing for God providing the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate thing that would atone for all of our sins, that would atone for every mess up, every screw up, every failure, every shortcoming. He was going to give his beloved son, his one and only son, to be that ultimate sacrifice and to be the final provision for every single one of us. And so we see that God's very nature or character is to be the one who shows up for us at the last second, to be the one that provides the thing that we are the most desperate for. He loves to provide for those that he loves. And so as this loving father who in his very nature is provider, he sent his very son to the to be this ultimate sacrifice and provision. And so in Jesus dying on the cross for all of us, in God sending his son to do this, he is enough. Like he is that ultimate provision that provides for everything that we could ever need. And so I think just starting there, knowing that Mm -hmm. because of this relationship that we get to come into, because of what Christ did on the cross for us, because of God choosing to send his son to do this, like we we have enough already in Jesus. Everything we could ever need has already been provided for us. And I think that that's so cool and such a cool place to start that first, Mm -hmm. God's very nature is to provide for us. And he Mm -hmm. will provide the hardest thing to provide. Like he will sacrifice anything and everything that he loves to provide for us and to show up for us. And then secondly, like in Jesus, in this great provision that's already been done for us, like we already have all that we need. And I think just starting there and kind of trying to wrap our minds around that, although it is hard to, is really, really important to do when it comes to this conversation around God as provider. Yes, yes. And then it's like, not even just a a knowing of this, but it's a, a living into it. And I think like in most seasons of life, when it comes to God as provider, most of us just like know it, right? We're just like, yeah, oh yeah, I know God's gonna like provide. Like, 
And then there comes a day that we like really need him to, and we have to like challenge that, that belief. And we have to start actually asking and seeking him in the midst of it, living into it. And actually later in this episode, in the testimony time, you guys are going to hear a story of, um, a regional director in Delight. And in the regional director program, you have to raise your salary for a whole year straight out of college. Mm-hmm. And every single time that we hire like or launch the, the program and we get a new group of regional directors, everybody starts off with like so much nerves and like mm-hmm. fear and questions about it. Like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can raise $30,000. Who do I know? What am I going to do? Is anything going to work? And lots of questions and lots of doubts. And I really do think it's because they, they, and they said yes to the position, knowing that God is going to provide and like knowing that's his character. I mean, most of these regional directors are walking so close to Jesus and so on fire for the Lord, but then it's like this new next level of actually like challenging that and Mm. living into it. And it makes me think of the scripture that talks about asking the Lord and seeking him and and knocking, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. That's from Matthew 7, 7 and 8. And this is so real, you know, it's an asking. So it's like deep cries of prayer. Like be like, Lord, like, I'm not just going to like expect this of you, but I'm going to like boldly ask. I love the stories when when people get specific even of like what their actual root need is. And they even like stretch that and challenge that and beyond their wildest beliefs. Because there's some things I think that we can control and make happen for ourselves, but some there's there's other things that only God can provide. And so asking mm-hmm. and getting deep and praying for that and then taking action in it. I love the word seek. Like this is like not just a complacent way to live out your faith but this is like acting by like seeking him out and looking for answers looking for him to provide and knocking like seeing what doors open and which doors close and just that movement and that step by step with Jesus teaches us so much and I think that's like the start to seeing God provide in our lives it's really living into it not just sitting back and just like hoping that something changes. <laughs> yeah, I think it's so cool because if you think about it, these are literal words from Jesus. Jesus says to us, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. And so I think sometimes when it comes to God as provider, like we're like, okay, Jesus, you already went to the cross. You did the thing. Like you died on my behalf. Like I shouldn't need anything else. Like I shouldn't desire anything else. But I love that Jesus is literally inviting us to do that. Like he's saying, hey, like, Like you aren't a nuisance to me. You aren't a bother to me. Instead, I Mm -hmm. want you to ask, would you come to me? Would you draw near to me? And would you ask me things? Would you, would you seek out things and answers in me? Would you knock on my door when you are trying to find an answer? And I think what happens is we think we're like a nuisance or a bother to God. And so we don't ask him or we don't seek a space for an answer or we don't knock and like see Mm -hmm. what he's trying to do. And I love that Jesus is literally inviting us to do that. It's not like Mm -hmm. you pray a prayer 
a hundred times and he's getting more and more annoyed every time you pray it. Like, I think he's like, (laughs) keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. And right after he says that in Matthew seven, he goes on to say in verses nine and 10, he says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake. If you then Though you are evil, know how to good give gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? And this is just a reminder that, like, God our Father loves to give good gifts to His children. And I think if a lot of us got honest, we're under this narrative that God doesn't want to give us good gifts. Like he wants to withhold from us just to make us like be miserable for a few months or just to like, you know, teach us a lesson or just to like mess with our heads. And I think that we have almost come to believe that like God and his character, God and his nature doesn't have the heart to give us good gifts. But I love this scripture because it's saying like, hey, you who are evil, you who are of this world, like even you know how to good gift, good give gifts to your children. Imagine how much more your father in heaven, who has this infinite sacrificial type of love for you, how much more does he desire to give you good gifts? And I think the truth is here that our definition of good gifts looks so different than God's definition of good gifts. Like our definition is like, we think it has to look like this. And God is looking at it from such a different perspective, from such a different spectrum of what is to come in the future and what is good and nourishing for your heart. And we look at it in our very limited and finite point of view. And one of the best ways I can think to describe this is, so my dog, Rosie, she is a she's a chewer, like loves to chew, chew, chew. And so I love to get Mm -hmm. her like new toys and she like loves a toy. And I'm like, Oh, so fun. Like I think recently for her birthday, I got her a new toy and she was like, so happy. I'm so happy giving her this new toy. She's loving her life. But what always happens is about an hour into the new toy, she gets to this point where she starts shredding it. Like rather than just like chewing it, playing fetch with it, like using it for what it's for, she starts shredding it and she shreds (laughs) it apart and then she starts eating it. Like she literally will start eating this plastic and like consuming and digesting the plastic. And what I know as her mom and Rosie in her dog brain, she literally cannot understand this. She cannot comprehend this. But what I know is if she consumes that plastic, she will throw up immediately like within the next hour she will vomit all over our house and be so sick and so there comes a time where I have to like take this good gift from her and hide it from her because I'm like this has become not good for you like this thing that could be good because of the way that like you're interacting with this gift because of the way that you're like using this gift for something else it's now becoming harmful to you and so I have to withhold a good gift from her for a season of time and Rosie in her dog mm-hmm. brain cannot comprehend this. She literally looks at me with these sad puppy dog eyes and is like, Mom, where's my toy? Why have you hid it from me? Why have you why have you taken it from me? Like, why would you do this to me? And the only reason that I'm taking this toy from her is out of love because I do not want her to be sick. And I think in such a similar way, like that is God with us. Like we are looking to God and we're like, God, why would you withhold this thing from me that I so desperately want? Like, why would you not give this to me? And God is looking at us and saying, 
it is not for your good. And I am a God who is always for your good. And so would you trust me? Would you trust me in my giving of gifts? Would you trust me in my withholding of gifts? Would you trust me in my timing of when I give good gifts and when I withhold good gifts? And we cannot wrap our minds and understand the things that God can, but will we trust him? Will we trust his character as provider and his character Mm -hmm. of wanting us to continue to ask, seek, and knock, and to look to him as provider? And then will we trust him that what is good, what he calls good, isn't always what we call good. And we always Mm -hmm. want his version of good. So much more. We should want his version of good so much more than than our version and what we think that looks like, has to look like. Yes, that's so real. There's so much purpose, I think, in those waiting seasons and in those in-betweens and in the months or maybe even years with so many question marks and just so much tension of like my, of your desires and expectations and just trying to navigate or see where God is in the midst of that. And I really do believe that it's in these seasons that we can learn so, so much. Like we have an option though. Like we can, we can learn kind of nothing and just like live in our anxiety and kind of like stiff arm God and grow complacent and soul can maybe like just dislike for this season of life where we can like really participate by looking for how God really might be providing in ways that we didn't imagine or maybe we initially didn't want but so much changes when you see it through the eyes of your father and um, I would really challenge anybody listening to this and I know it's difficult and like I said at the beginning of the podcast, Mac and I, I guess, so what Mac got married when she was, what, 29? 29? I always mess this up. I always put 20, us in the same category. 29. Yeah, 29's right. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I got married when I was 28. Those years of waiting, of just like waiting on God. I mean, there are mm-hmm. so many months when it was like, ah, uh, what, Lord? Like, this sucks. I thought this was going to come sooner. Mm-hmm. And then there are so many months of getting rid of that mindset and just awakening to how God is actually there. And he actually is providing in different ways than expected. And um, those are the best seasons and those are the best moments. It takes some hard work to get out of that mindset and back into the hands of the Father. But I really do think that he has so much for you yeah. there. And yeah. in the process, you really can participate in what he's doing um, through this, through asking and seeking and knocking. It's not like boring. It's actually a really fun, a fun journey to go on with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just thinking too, I think one of the things that is hardest when we're waiting for God to provide or the thing that maybe can make it even harder is comparison. Like I think about all of these seasons we've talked about, like waiting on a job, waiting on a husband, waiting on pregnancy, waiting on financially, whatever it is, it is so easy to look around to other people and say, well, God, you're giving it to her. And like, she didn't even wait. Like she didn't even have to wait one month and I'm 20 months into this waiting journey. Like, God, do you care more about her than you care about me? And it's really easy to kind of begin to like fixate on other people. But I go back to that invitation from Matthew 7 where Jesus says, will you ask, will you seek, 
will you knock? He doesn't just say like, hey, just sit there and wait. He doesn't just say like, just sit there and accept Mm -hmm. your fate. He says, no, like be this active participant. Like ask me the hard questions, seek out my face, seek out my goodness, seek out my kindness. Like, would you knock on different doors? Like there are things to be discovered in this journey of waiting, in this journey of seeking and the beautiful piece of, of it all is that like we gain more of of Jesus on the journey, like more of his goodness, more of his character. And so that's why he tells us, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. There's mm-hmm. so much to be discovered. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think about, I think about Jesus, like Jesus, like he, there was even that moment where like he was about to go to the cross, about to be this ultimate provision and sacrifice for all of us. And, and he even says to God, like, God, if there's any other way, like, will you show me? And if not, then your will be done. Like I will walk faithfully in what you have called me to. And so I just think there's a beautiful place where we don't just like sit there and try to act happy about what what like maybe Mm -hmm. is worse but like we do we ask the hard questions we seek out God's face and we keep knocking over and over and over again and then we say okay but God your will your way your definition of good not mine and I just think there's like a there's just like a uh a depth and a wisdom that can only be gained through these like seasons of waiting and desperate dependence on God providing in our life. And, mm-hmm. um, I think it's really cool. And I think it's one that can go along with other things we talked about, like, uh, God speaking, God yeah. healing, like sometimes those things kind of go hand in hand and there's things we can learn from all of those other episodes and scripture passages we talked about. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just like, it gets me excited. Like if you're desperately waiting on something from God for God to do something like lean in because there, I just think there are some beautiful things to be discovered about who God is in the process. I'm so excited for you guys to hear today's testimony. It's so good. And this is just a little glimpse of how these seasons of waiting really do change the trajectory of your whole life. It's it's hard in the middle of it, but gosh, the fruit is just so abundant. So I'm excited for you to hear the story. Listen in. Okay, I'm so excited to share this story and this testimony with our For the Girl fam today and to introduce you to one of our one of our faves. We've got Hippie Sid on the podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> hippie Sid, you forever will be Hippie Sid to me. That is actually just her Instagram hit handle. Yes. But Sydney is, you're an avid For the Girl podcast listener. Like you've been listening for a long time, Yeah, I have right? the whole old intro memorized still to this oh, that's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. And you literally, I think, own every piece of merch ever um, created. Yeah, I really did. I even bought the new Delight merch this year. I'm a super fan. I have so like pretty much all the books. It's great. It's the best. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Which is just the best. Like we used to have this, we used to have an awesome program called the tent and we kind of like really started getting to know you through the tent. And then, uh, Sydney actually eventually worked with delight and was a regional director and she's just amazing. Such a, just like bright ray of sunshine. I can't wait for you guys to hear more, but she has an awesome, awesome story that she's going to share about, 
God providing something really, really tangibly in her life. And this one is just going to get you so excited and expectant for how God might move. But Sid, before we jump into that, we'd love to just have you introduce yourself, share a little bit about who you are, what your life looks like, and just we want to get to know you first. Okay, great. Yeah. So my name is Sydney Schmidt. Um, I am 25 years old. I'm currently an elementary music teacher. So that is great. Um, I went to school at East Tennessee State University in Johnson City, Tennessee, and I, I love it. I still live here. I've lived here for like six years now. Um, I'm from a small town originally called Rogersville, which is great. No one is going to know where that is, but it's fun to put it in there. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I just had my two-year anniversary with my husband on April mm-hmm. 24th, so that's awesome. Sweet. And then I got married, and then right after I got married, I started working as a regional director for Delight, um, and that was like the best thing ever. Um, I'll put in like a couple more fun facts. My favorite color is yellow, which is just fun to know, and I have a crazy dog. Yeah. Uh, her name's Liberty, and it's the best, so yeah. <laughs> that is amazing I love it you are your voice is a little raspy today yes. but if it wasn't raspy you guys would hear her her what southern twang yeah is that what you would say I, yeah it's like a just a wholesome southern country accent and we just love mm-hmm. it it's hilarious uh, yeah. it'll probably come out more a little bit later because you know it's yeah. fine Okay. <laughs> when you get more comfortable yeah. when you really sell it in. That's what it is. Yeah, when okay. I like, really start going in. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Um, okay, well, yeah, so Sydney was a regional director for Delight. What you guys might not know about the regional director position is you actually raise your own support to do the job. So you're raising, I mean, close to like, I mean, thousands it's of like, dollars. Thousands like $30,000 dollars at like at least. Yeah, yeah, to be able to live and to be able to travel and to take girls out to coffee and to put on retreats and all the whole the whole thing, um, which is so crazy. So I wanted you to start there. Like, what was that process like for you when you signed up for it? What were your like feelings, nerves, all of the things, or were you like, God, you got this? Yeah. Where, where were you at? <laughs> okay, so I feel like it's a healthy mix of both. Of course, I think like. Um, going into like applying for the job, I just really felt called to it. And then when I got it, it was like, yes, God's got this This is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Mm. Even though it was fundraised, like, obviously that's like scary at first, but you don't think about it as much until you're like actually in it, you know? Um, and I didn't really know anybody who had like really ever support raised for, um, a missions trip or no less like a job. That was just not something that I was familiar with or something that I had seen in my area. And so my family was actually like totally wigged out and like really nervous about it, which like I said at the beginning, I definitely felt like, Oh God's got this. But hearing them, I mean, they had a right to be nervous. Like $30,000 is a lot of money. Um, so, but yeah, once you get into it, it definitely became more nerve wracking and you really just have to remind yourself all the time, like how secure you felt, like how secure I felt, like God has this. And a lot of it was, you know, sitting in my room and playing worship music and just reminding myself, like he's provided for me so many times in my life. He provided for me 
with my wedding, like we did not have enough money for that wedding and it just like showed up. And so that was just, it was one thing after another that he was providing for me for. And so coming to fundraising, it was probably one of the scariest things I've ever done, but just having faith that like, he's not going to bring me here and then leave, you know? So that was a big part of that too. I definitely was scared, but it was great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's so crazy. I always I always tell people like when they sign up to be a regional director and they're kind of entering, it's like one of the few times in your life where you get like almost this real life representation of what it looks like to be desperately dependent upon yes, God. For like sure. yeah. <laughs> you like have to literally say God, you have to show up yeah. or like there will be zero dollars in my bank account and uh, I won't be able to do this job. And so it's rare that just kind of in our world and in our Western culture today that we like put ourselves in those positions often where it's like almost like do or die for God to have to show up and to provide. And so I don't know for people who like maybe aren't as familiar with raising support or anything like that, like what did the process look like for you? Like what did it look like to actually, you know, say, all right, God, you have to provide and actually like ask people to essentially provide and then ask God to also like be a part of that. Yeah. So it's um, a lot different, I feel like, than people would expect. And one thing that I really love about the regional director program is that it's really about meeting with people like one-on-one or two-on-one, like families. Um, and the only big, I, I talked to like a couple churches, but most of the time you're getting in contact with people individually, which really gives you a time to share your story and how you feel about the organization. Like, obviously I was a part of delight at ETSU all throughout college and I loved it. It meant so much to me and did so many awesome things through my life and through for the girl as well. Like I was so touched by that, which we kind of already touched on a little bit, but so I was able to share that, but also I was able to tell other people about how I heard God and how he spoke to me and told me that I was supposed to do this and why I'm supposed to do it. And then you get to invite people in on partnering with you and like tangibly seeing lives of college women change. Like in this, you know, in this particular one, it's college women, but like seeing that happen and the fruit that I think I got from it and just being able to share that with other people, it was just amazing. And, you know, a lot of it before you get in the meetings, you have to do these phone calls and you just have to like cold call people basically to like say, Hey, I know we're friends, but we don't ever talk on the phone, you know, and I, uh, let me tell you about my job and this awesome opportunity, which is also just so cool because it's, it's hard. You feel like the pressure's on you, but again, you have to trust that God's going to provide and like put the pressure on him basically and say, God told me to call you, you know, and you don't even have to tell them that, but just knowing that God told me to call this person. And after that, like, I'm going to do what I'm meant to do, share my testimony. And maybe they give it, maybe they don't, but I was called to do this. And so it's just, it's different. You know, you feel uncomfortable sometimes when you just get voicemail after voicemail, you know, Um, and you have to pump yourself back up, talk to God, have him remind you of why you're here, what you're doing. And it really is, like you said, you're just having him tangibly show you again and again, you have to provide for me. Yeah. Yeah. As you're speaking, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's probably so much dependency on God in that season. And it's so, 
that's like the beautiful part of it. Yeah, like for, and, sure. and for anybody listening to this in any season, like when you're so desperate for God to provide for you, there's, even though it's so hard, there's so much beauty in it because you're learning to like really communicate with him and like yeah. really be reliant on him and like really look for him and everything. Absolutely. So, okay. For you, I know kind of how it goes, you know, you're raising money for about three months. Yeah. Yeah. Was there a time where you were like, I quit, this is the worst, nothing's coming through, and you just were like on your knees waiting for God to show up? And was there like a crazy time or moment when he pulled through for you? Yeah, absolutely. There definitely was um, a time like that. So I, again, felt so called to this job and knew that this is what God had for me. But there was a time where we were supposed to be like halfway fundraised, and I was very far away from being 50% there. Um, and I got a phone call and it was just, you know, it was like just the truth of like, Hey, like we love you and we want you to do this, but you have to have money and able to like, for you to be able to live. And we're not going to let you do this for free basically. And you know, we got to figure something out or else you might not be able to do this job. And of course that was scary, but ultimately it just, forced me to rely on God even more. And anytime that I had doubts throughout my journey as a regional director, like, am I supposed to do this? Maybe I should just quit. Like, am I saying the right thing? I was just constantly reminded of like, Hey, remember when you didn't have 50% funded? And then literally less than a week later, I was well over 50%. Like, I think I was supposed to have $14,000 and then I ended up having like 18,000 or something like that. Like it was crazy in a week's time. God provided all that money and more because mm-hmm. this is where I was supposed to be. So that was really encouraging just later on being able to look back on that and say, Sid, like, even though you don't think that you're supposed to be here right now, God thinks you're supposed to be here. And if he didn't, he wouldn't have provided that money for you in such a miraculous way. Mm-hmm. And it just forced me to rely on him. And again, just, I know you talked about that dependency, that's that beautiful mm-hmm. dependency that I had. And I was just able to see him in so many miracles, so many conversations, and it's something I wouldn't trade for the world. That was an amazing process. Yeah, that's so cool. It's so it's so cool too that like that wasn't just like a one time thing where God like showed up, provided for yeah. you in this like crazy miraculous way, but you continue to see fruit of it in your life. Yes. Like you can always go back to that moment and go, okay, God, you provided then, and I can trust that like you will provide yeah. now in this season Absolutely. too. And so to the girl who's maybe just like desperate for God to provide something in her life, like maybe she's like at that point where you were, where you were like, God, if you don't do this, then like I can't step forward in these plans that you have for me. And maybe for them, it's not financial. Maybe it's like something else that they're just like desperately in need of God providing for them. Like, I don't know, just like what encouragement would you have for her? What would you say to her just to like get her, you know, dependent upon God in that? Yeah, absolutely. And I had, you know, right after the regional director job, I was desperately searching for a job. And I'm an elementary music teacher and I did not feel like I was called back to teaching, but then God basically crafted this perfect position for me in the perfect spot Mm -hmm. with, um, just exactly where I needed to be. And I just was able to just, uh, thank him again for providing exactly what I needed. And, um, yeah, and tangibly, this looks like a lot for me, just looking back on the scriptures and just reminding myself like the God of the old Testament, the God of 
Esther, the God of Moses, the God of Rahab. And I know you mentioned uh, earlier in the podcast, just like the church of Acts, that is the same God today. And we have to trust that. And do I still freak out? Yes, I do. I do freak out sometimes, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that it's just perfect all the time, because there are times that it's hard. But um, reading the scripture, of course, is helpful Mm -hmm. for that. But also, um, you need to find someone in your life that can remind you that God has provided for you before and he's not going to leave you here. So for me, um, that's my husband or I have a really good friend, Taylor, who does that for me too. Um, and you just need to find someone like that in your life. And if you don't have someone, then you're just going to have to work overtime until like get the scripture, maybe find somebody, you know, go out there and join a group. I mean, you have to have an accountability partner in some way. Um, but uh, scriptures that I love to read to help really are the Psalms and you don't have to read a whole Psalm every day, even just a half of a Psalm. Those are constantly pulling back to, um, how God provided for the Israelites. And if God can provide for the Israelites after they deserted him and just like gave up on him a thousand times, like he's going to provide for you. And he's, he's not going to bring Moses and the Israelites to the Red Sea and just leave them there in the middle. Like he's not going to do that for you either. You know, he's going to provide for you. And I just have to constantly remind myself of that. It's a lot of self-discipline and, um, I do lack that sometimes, but just desperately praying to God and just telling him how much you just need him to show up. He's going to do that. Like if you are truly believing in him to show up, he's not going to leave you there. If he has called you to something, he's going to come, he's going to come through. So I think that's, it's hard, but ultimately you just have to be self-disciplined and constantly remind yourself, find those stories, find those people, find those stories of the Bible, your favorite woods. Yeah. Your story and just listening to it again is such a testament to that. I think that, yeah. And that's why I wanted to include the testimonies because we're like, oh my gosh, we can't hear it enough. Like we can read it in the scriptures and then we want to listen to the real life stories of like how he truly is still moving and working I mean that's crazy that you were able to raise that amount of money in like a week's time like no one can like humanly do that only the Lord when he know when he has his mindset and a plan set for you and it just is really encouraging and so exciting so I hope this got everybody listening so pumped up and just believing bigger things of God and whatever season you're in just believing that he's gonna pull through for you believing that he has the best for you and believing that his plan is better believing to that what he called you to months ago or maybe a year ago or the promise he spoke over your life is still going is still true and like it Mm -hmm. is going to come to fruition with some discipline with some scripture with some hard work and prayers and gosh your story is such a testament to that so you guys thank you so much for listening to today's episode remember to grab that study because there's so much more to learn in there as you dig in and we are just so excited to keep it going thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week